Part six, chapter two of the Manxman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Manxman by Sir Hall Cain. Part six, chapter two. Meantime, Philip and Douglas was going from success to success, from rank to rank, from fame to fame. Everything he put his hand to counted to him for righteousness. When he came to himself after the disappearance of Kate, his heart was a wasted field of volcanic action, with ashes and scoriae of infernal blackness on the surface, but the wholesome soil beneath. In spite of her injunction, he set himself to look for her. More than love, more than pity, more than remorse prompted and supported him. She was necessary to his resurrection, to his new birth. So he scoured every poor quarter of the town, every rookery of old Douglas, and this was set down to an interest in the poor. An epidemic broke out on the island, and during the scare that followed, wherein some of the wealthy left their homes for England, and many of the poor betook themselves to the mountains, and even certain of the doctors found refuge in flight, Philip won golden opinions for presence of mind and personal courage. He organized a system of registration, regulated quarantine, and caused the examination of everybody coming to the island or leaving it. From day to day he went from house to house, from hospital to hospital, from ward to ward. No dangers terrified him. He seemed to keep his eye on each case. He was only looking for Kate, only assuring himself that she had not fallen victim to the pest, only making certain that she had not come or gone. But the divine madness which seizes upon a crowd when its heart is touched laid hold of the island at the sight of Philip's activities. He was worshipped. He was beloved. He was the idol of the poor. Almost everybody else was forgotten in the splendour of his fame. No committee could proceed without him. No list was complete until it included his name. Philip was ashamed of his glories, but he had no heart to repudiate them. When the epidemic subsided, he had convinced himself that Kate must be gone, that she must be dead. Gone, therefore, was his only hold on life, and dead was his hope of a moral resurrection. He could do nothing without her but go on as he was going. To pretend to a new birth now would be like a deathbed conversion. It would be like renouncing the joys of life after they have renounced the renouncer. His colleague, the old deemster, was stricken down by paralysis, and he was required to attend to both their duties. This made it necessary at first that all deemster's courts should be held in Castletown, and hence Ramsay saw him rarely. He spent his days in the courthouse of the castle, and his nights at home. His fair hair became prematurely white, and his face grew more than ever like that of a man newly risen from a fever. Study, said the world, and it bowed its head the lower. Yet he was seen to be not only a studious man, but a melancholy one. To defeat curiosity, he began to enter a little into the life of the island, and as time went on, to engage in some of the social duties of his official position. On Christmas Eve, he gave a reception at his house in Athol Street. He had hardly realised how it would tear at the tenderest fibres of memory. The very rooms that had been Kate's were given over to the ladies who were his guests. All afternoon the crush was great, and the host was the attraction. He was a fascinating figure, so young yet already so high, so silent yet able to speak so splendidly, and then so handsome with that whitening head, 
and that smile like vanishing sunshine. In the midst of the reception, Philip received a letter from Ramsay that was like the cry of a bleeding heart. My little one is ill, they're saying. She's dying. Come to me for God's sake, Pete. The snow was beginning to fall as the guests departed. When the last of them was gone, the clock on the bureau was striking six, and the night was closing in. By eight o'clock, Philip was at Elm Cottage. End of Part 6, Chapter 2